I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, Deputy Editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, coming at you once again with the Big Bro Sco. Got my brother Rich joining us again tonight. Rich, how's it going? Glad to be here. Having a great time. It's always a much better day after a Steeler win. That's right. We had the, the, uh, the Victory Tuesday once again because with only three victories on the year, We've had more Victory Tuesdays than Victory Mondays. As go, go ahead. Let's play more Monday night games. Yeah, because uh, especially for for Mason Rudolph, who uh, whose first two wins as a starter have both been on Monday night. I read that today about through uh, was that I don't know who posted that one. I know one was a live sports bureau. There was two different pretty cool stats today. One was that Mason Rudolph was the first quarterback to ever win his first two starts both of which were on Monday night football and the other one was Minka Fitzpatrick was the first ever player to get two interceptions, yep, two interceptions. against the team that he played for previously that season so I don't know which one I, I got from Elias and which one I got just from one of the Pittsburgh beat writers but one was from one one was from the other but hey we're already jumping into all kinds of crazy numbers and we haven't even uh gotten to say hello to everyone out there um, as some people are starting to roll into the to to the to the live stream here now, um, but I say well, let's go ahead and dive in. Let's. I mean, the the Steelers. It's funny they got the win. They got it almost exactly the way I predicted, and yet I was unhappy for a lot of it. Well, because you're just kind an of unhappy person. Yeah, I'm just a. Well, if, I don't know if you all could tell. I don't have much of a voice because if you weren't sure. I was, I was at the game last night. Some of you saw it was only two minutes long and I wish it could have been longer. I was doing all that I could to get the stuff set up. I had some situations going on at the game. They, uh, they almost didn't allow me to take my helmet into the game. Um, I had one guy that was, well, the one kid was kind of nice and was saying, I don't know if you could take that. So he asked somebody else who I call him a kid as well. Cause he's, probably maybe 25 at that. And he was kind of a jerk and said he was going to escort me from the stadium. And I'm like, I haven't even gone in yet. I just want to know what I have to do. So, but uh, I I was able to go live with a group of people, get some predictions. One of the girls actually predicted the right score. I was really close with my prediction. I didn't say it on the show. I said it on the Steelers preview last week was that I said 27, 17. I thought the dolphins would cover. I thought the Steelers would score 27 points, which I was right there. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Scratchy from losing the voice. But the biggest thing was I thought the Steelers would have the lead the whole time and just kind of let the Dolphins mess around towards the end and get some points because, you know, they're just running out clock. Not how it started. Not how it started. Rich, how did you feel after the first quarter last night? Oh, well, the first quarter was going on. You could probably, 
ask Kyle. Uh, I, I was not a happy camper. Um, I was, I was yelling at the TV a lot. Um, but even though we were down at halftime, uh, we scored that touchdown going in. My confidence in how that game was going to end was way up by halftime, even though we still didn't have the lead yet. I just felt we were starting to take control of the game. And, um, I was able to, you know, shall I say, um, re regained consciousness at the, uh, at halftime. Cause I was going, you know, instead of hyperventilating, I was able to breathe and say, okay, we can do this. Yeah. And someone who needed to regain some consciousness after the first quarter was the Steelers defense. <laughs> because, um, I, I have to admit, I'm like, did I chime in on this or not? I couldn't tell, but that defense, they got booed off the field after giving up that second touchdown. That was ugly. Oh, my goodness, that they just kind of let them just stroll in right there. So, but they regrouped. I thought the Steelers would start slow because they always have coming out of the bye. I threw that out there last week that the Steelers, the last time the Steelers, the Steelers scored a touchdown in the first quarter of a game following a bye was in 2008. Yeah. I saw so you the, post that. Yeah, and they only had 23 total points under under Mike Tomlin. I mean, they had a couple field goals. But they're 7-1 and one in those games where they don't score in the first quarter. They get going later. They're 1-3 and three in those games that they do score in the first quarter. So um, I, I, I expected them to start slow, but I didn't expect the defense to be that slow. I thought the defense would do what they normally did and would keep them in it. Yeah, that, that second touchdown, The what I was thinking – right after that happened was that the defense looked uninterested. Yeah. I was starting I to question if they really wanted to be at that game, which after the first quarter, I think they proved they wanted to be there too. Yeah. I got to bring up a comment already. I'm not really looking at the live chat right now, but this was one that I just, just so happened to, to see that, uh, because he was not the only one that that uh, this is Joey Franklin Jr. said he called two interceptions from Minka Fitzpatrick. Jeff Hartman called that as well, but he did he called one of them being returned to the house. Let me tell you this because I watched this just a little bit before we went on. Pittsburgh Dad came out with a new episode. We talked about Fitz trip, Fitzpatrick intercepting Fitzpatrick, mm -hmm. and that would like mess up the whole space time continuum thing if we did that too much. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, I saw that episode, and I'm like, oh, I got to watch that. I'm like, I don't have time before the show. Not only do I not have time to watch that episode, I have not watched the game on on replay on TV from where I DVR'd it last night. So all I'm going on with everything tonight is what I saw in stadium. So this is nice because you watched on TV. I watched in the stadium. We messaged a little bit during the game, not too much, because it's kind of tough to do that at the game. But although Lance Williams was blowing up my phone all, all night, but but that's that's all right. I've, I've, I'll give Lance a break. He hey he owned up and 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 wore the Steelers Luchador mask for the for the uh, post game show last night. So nice. Uh, so it, it 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 was good. Although we admit my mask is better, but my headset doesn't work when I wear it, so I can't do it during the show. But um, for the, those people, some people saw the said on the post game show that uh, that they saw me. I was on the jumbotron at the two minute warning at the end of the game. Yep, wearing uh, the mask. You got somebody on here who said they saw you on the jumbotron. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. Z seventy one saying that. Yep, and I know. Uh, I, I know. I know. It was Russ. 
I was trying to meet up with Russ at the game because he told me he was coming, but uh, he was kind of in a situation where I was. He's he has some some um, physical limitations. I was trying to help my dad uh, get to another game because of his physical limit uh, limitations. I knew how some of the stuff was. The one escalator was not working, which was kind of uh, kind kind of rough. But uh, but we made it work, and and Russ, I, I know he was hurt today, but uh, he at least got to watch the Steelers win. So um, there's someone else said that they were there and saw me on the jumbotron, Solarverse. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, now I can't remember what I was going to have this lead into. Um, so, but that was actually at a pretty good good point of the game to to be able to relax. So. We're sitting here. We're just chatting about the game. Give me a number. Give give me the numbers that's the any numbers that stood out from you. All right, my, the fairest one I came came up with is actually two numbers, and I but I think they were very nice and representative of the game last night. Sixty and one fifty eight. Those were those were the two that jumped at me first. Sixty rushing yards given up to the Finns. Mm-hmm. One fifty eight are rushing yards. We. Totally controlled the rushing game, um, which, you know, with, I'll call it an inexperienced quarterback in Rudolph was huge. Oh, exactly. Um, to to, to <clears throat> jump on those numbers, um, that, I think it was 3.0 per carry for the Dolphins, and it was 5.45 per carry for the I Steelers. Was, I think the Dolphins were 3.2, 3.2. Yeah, it was, it was something something right around there. And, um, but also if you look at specifically at James Connor, he was 6.3. So now there is something with that rushing game that in stadium bothered me to no end. It bothered me to no end. I don't know if anybody else caught this watching at home, but I kept saying it to my dad and, uh, um, I'm really glad that I was able to get my dad to one more game because the last game, my father went to, he actually was there. We were a whole group of us were together. He sat with you and with Kyle and that was the, the Jacksonville playoff game. Oh. And that my dad went to two games that year and both of them were against Jacksonville. And we all know what happened in those two Jacksonville games. So we, we got to go, which was, which was great. Cause the last time my dad and I went to a playoff game was against the dolphins uh, before that, where we were at that freezing cold game and he didn't even wear gloves until halftime, but that's my dad. But we, we had a great time and, and everything was there. And now I, and now I was talking to him about the problems I, that we didn't like everyone, the whole stadium would erupt and it got more and more as the game went on. Whenever they announced 72 is eligible because in case people don't realize that. it, Steeler fans are falling in love with one Zach the Hulk banner, which is funny because they're calling him the Hulk because I was referring to him with all kinds of incredible Hulk references last year when I was doing the projected inactive list because he was only active one game last year. So I was keep having to come up with creative ways to talk about him each week because he was going to be on the inactive list. So I did a lot with that, but they, they would come in with that jumbo package and it wasn't every time Banner was in the game, but there was one specific personnel group that they used a lot. And it was the five linemen, Banner as an extra tight end, either McDonald or Vanette, but I'm pretty sure it was Vanette most of the time, if not every time. Roosevelt Nix, James Connor, and their lone wide receiver was Johnny Holton. 
they ran that formation. I want to go back. Well, sorry, that personnel grouping. I want to go back and watch the game and count how many times they ran that personnel grouping because every time they ran it, the Dolphins had either nine or 10 players in the box, no respect for Holton, and the Steelers ran it every single play. They ran it, and sometimes that's why they weren't, they, they were, they were getting a couple yards. But not only that, you could see, especially in the first half, you could see the Dolphins. Every defender was was their key was Roosevelt Knicks because they knew after that first play where he busted the hole open and Connor had a big run. From that point on, every defender was following Knicks because they knew that he would take them to the ball. I wanted to see something great where they had Knicks dive up the middle, but they ran Holton on a reverse or something like that because all the all the all the Dolphins would have they were all diving for wherever Knicks was going. That'll come. We didn't need that last. Yeah, that's, we'll pull that's that out true. when we need it. That's so. that's a really good point. I was thinking, I'm like, maybe they're setting this up and running every time just so they can use it against them. But I mean, I would even think, okay, so you don't want, so you want to give Juju some plays off. You don't want him out there every play. Put Deontay Johnson or James Washington out there. I mean, especially with James Washington James as a Washington. blocker. That's right. Holy cow. Holy cow, on two different touchdowns. The one he had two blocks, and James Conner's run, he, it, I don't even know that he had two, but he put that guy on his back. Uh, well, and the way Washington and Rudolph kind of sync up, why not put Washington out there, you know, run the, the, the play action to Conner right up the middle of following Knicks and then throw it over the top to Washington? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But they, I mean, Johnny Holton, now, a lot of people are down on Holton, and I see it in a lot of comments on the website, But and they're like, why? just don't even dress him. He should be inactive, because I thought Moncrief wouldn't be active this game, but in essence, he wasn't, um, with the number of snaps and, and everything he has. But the thing with Johnny Holton is, if you watch him on special teams, especially on the punt team, he is a top-notch gunner. He is a key person to that part of the special teams. Yeah. He's going to be active every game. Just for that, knowing that you can put him out there as a wide receiver like the Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, that's who he is now. He's a younger version of Darius Hayward Bay. But I would, he's got zero catches on the year. So when you have him as your lone wide receiver, no one's going to respect it. So that, that was one thing. Um, let's see. I, what about a, and it goes right along with your numbers. How about a over 10 minute advantage in time of yeah. possession? And that game felt, awful at the beginning when I checked it at halftime I'm like wait the Steelers are leading in time of possession because first quarter they weren't they weren't and it felt like the Dolphins just had the ball for forever and then for the Steelers to turn around and and own it I mean I, I think I saw that their their one drive their their touchdown drive in the third quarter the 97 yarder mm -hmm. was over seven and a half minutes it was over yeah, half was the quarter and the the thing there in that second quarter, or, or where we started getting our time back, we we had the we had that long yeah it was a decently long possession where we end up turning it over on downs, and then we a decent time of possession for the Boz field goal drive. Yeah. I mean, we held the ball both those drives. We just ended up with only three points out of it. Yeah, and and that first field goal, I know some people were so disappointed because they were down 14 to nothing. They had to get in the end zone. That's the feeling I was getting. Sorry, had to get in the touchdown zone. There you go, Brian. Um, they, I was get, getting the feeling people were like, a field goal is not good enough. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You start at your own six-yard line 
and you get a field goal out of that, that's a winning drive. Now, granted, they they bettered themselves later on. Yeah. When they did, they did they had their own three and scored the touchdown. And I was actually saying to my father and to some of the people around me, which um, was interesting because uh, uh, someone said, I think you might have even told me that that there was something that was brought up on the broadcast. That second interception was a lot like a punt because it was th- it was third and ten. Um, it was the only third and ten or, or third and ten or more to- um, play for the Dolphins of the game where they didn't convert, and we'll talk about that later. Um, and they threw the long interceptions, and it in essence was a punt. And I said, but but I said, yeah, it's a punt, but it feels better than a punt because you get that turnover, you just won that last play. But if the other team comes out and you know that's in, that's incomplete, they come out and they punt it and they pin you at the three. They felt like they just won that play by pinning you deep. So that just brings a whole different mentality and momentum along with that, that you take that turnover there. And I mean, they turn around and march it down the field and get the touchdown. Yeah. And um, watching the game on TV, Tessator, even as the Steelers cross midfield with that ensuing drive, Tessator even brought that point up. He was like, you know, the Steelers really got this going or really driving it. He said, they're really playing with a passion after that turnover. Absolutely. And that's what turnovers do. That's what, that's what turnovers do. And, uh, and, and that's on, and, and that's also the other thing that, that people forget is like a lot of times we talk about time of possession and how long your defense is on the field and everything. If you go out and you do a three and out with three runs and you, and you punt the ball away and you only had the ball for, for two minutes and your defense is right back out there, it's just exhausting. You could get the ball and run one 22-second play that's a 75-yard touchdown, and that defense is fired up and ready to go back out there with less rest than they would have had with the three and out. Yeah. So don't say, because you're talking about emotion and adrenaline, that stuff factors in. So I, I know one time I almost I, – I said, man, I really wish that the offense would have taken longer to score to give the defense a rest. What do I mean taking longer to score? You take the touchdown when you can take the touchdown. So, all right, well, let's – Anything else you want to throw out there? Um, my other favorite number from the game was um, was was the number four because it came up twice. So you call it four, 44, whatever. Four turnovers forced by the Steelers, four mm-hmm. sacks by the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Defense just putting pressure, continuing to create turnovers. Just, you know, the Doing- things that you would hope we would get, the things that I feel like we weren't getting last year. Oh, absolutely. But what's ridiculous, last year at this time, you felt better about the Steelers as a team probably than you do where our record is right now. You know, we were, well, I guess we kind of had dug that hole to begin with, but we were really coming out of it by this point. Mm -hmm. But right now I'm looking at the defense and being like, boy, am I glad we have this defense. Oh, my goodness. They are so much better than last season. Um, There's just, there's so many things to go go along with that. Um, I was disappointed I was kept going on like, why aren't we getting to Fitzpatrick? Why are we getting to Fitzpatrick? Out of those sacks, three of those four came late. Yeah. Three of those four came late. And one of them was the trifecta, yeah. the sack, strip, fumble, recovery. And I'll be honest with you, that happened not very – I mean, I'm in the closed end of the stadium. That was more there. I couldn't believe 
that that was called what it was because I it just looked like he tackled him and then ripped the ball away after it was over. We we couldn't see at the time that the ball had been moving. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know why he's running into the end zone. I guess it's just exciting. And then all of a sudden we're like, they're talking about this. Wait a second, the Steelers have the ball. It was just one of those things because it was so close. You didn't you didn't realize I was excited about it, the. Sack. It wasn't again it, when when they zoomed in on it, watching on TV and they and they got in there. You could actually see Fitzpatrick started to lose that ball about halfway down. Yeah. It just basically he had it pinned with one arm, ro- kind of rolling it across. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, his midsection and it was like, but that ball was coming out and it was actually pretty clear. I was actually was one of the more confident things that I knew they would be reviewing. I was pretty, you know, I was, that was one of the things I was more confident. Nope. They're not going to have any problem with that. And they didn't. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, I mean, once they showed it on the Jumbotron, we could see that it was, that that's exactly what it was. And since since... Uh, you were going to ask me this, and you wanted to guess, and I'm pretty sure you got it now. I said, no, it's, we're going to save it for the show. I'm not going to tell you now. That was correct. It was, that exactly, was. When you when you said you wouldn't tell me when they played Renegade, I was like, <laughs> I bet they did that right before Watt got that the sack. The very next play was the sack strip fumble recovery. Right out, I mean, no that. joke. The next play after Renegade. And uh, I had – um three people sitting next to me on my left side that um, it was their first game. Um, and the one kid I'd say, I say kid, he was, uh, he had to be a teenager. And, and, and when they went to play renegade, you know, everyone knows oh, when it fades to black, that, that it's coming. Now, not everyone knows this. Cause he's like, what, what's this? I'm like, Oh, just you wait. Um, I felt like going in and, you know, bust out an Alexander Hamilton there. Um, Sorry. <laughs> there goes my geeky side you're, again. You're a dork. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for those of you that haven't been there to experience Renegade, it's fantastic. Even in a game like this, when it was kind of already put away, y- you want to see Renegade. You don't want to go to one of those games where there's no Renegade. It's oh. it's the most disheartening thing. But that I know when Renegade's coming before it even goes to black because they go to the same shot of the stadium. It's the full wide screen and it's from the closed end up behind me showing down at the field. They don't, they don't have any of the extra stats on the side. When I see that shot, I know they're getting ready to fade. And I was already up and going. I had my helmet on. Um, I have a yellow lightsaber with it. I actually was able to to uh, a fasten a terrible towel to the end of my lightsaber that was I can now the, whip around. Was it the renegade terrible towel? You know what? It wasn't because I didn't want to put a oh. hole in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't want to put a hole right. in that terrible towel. So I did my gotcha. old cam- my old golden black camo terrible towel, waved my renegade terrible towel during the game. So, um, but but that's that's what I was doing. That was great. Renegade comes out. You're like... Now, trust me, it was my ears were not ringing nearly as bad as they were last year when I was at the Patriots game. That renegade was was crazy. Um, but but that came out, got got the strip sack, ended up getting a field goal out of that, which makes me bring up one thing. One thing I want to talk about is how about 17 points off of turnovers? Yeah. 
not only is that. it 17 points off of turnovers, great. Look at where when they got which things. The first two turnovers that the Steelers forced both turned into touchdowns. The one was to to I mean, I was content with 14 to 3 going into halftime knowing they were Steelers were getting the ball and then could really cut into it. But I, I said to my dad, boy, a turnover here would be great. And then all of a sudden, boom, there it was. They turned it into seven. Um, that you had on a, to, on a total mistake by the Dolphins. Yeah, well, and their and their coach today, he's still he's still owning up on that. He still think it's great. But with the, I'll be honest with you, Rudolph looked antsy the entire first half. Um, the the moment he started to change was when the when the drive where they started at their own six and they actually lost two yards on the first two plays. So they were at their own four on third and twelve, and he converted. That was when you thought, saw the saw the change start. Yeah. They go down, mm-hmm. get the field goal. Um, I hope everyone in the live chat's good because you and I are just talking. <laughs> I'm trying um, to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Um, so so but then 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 you had the 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 Deontay Johnson play. From the stadium live, from my perspective, I was looking for the flag right away because it looked like like he got separation for live. But as soon as they showed the replay, I'm like, no, no, he didn't do anything. It looked like he did something, but he didn't. It was it was the hands to the face in the Detroit game, where just because it looks like just because the guy reacts like a hand was in his face doesn't mean that there was a hand in his face. Yeah. So that's what it felt like. Um, I had a lady behind me asking, do you think that was offensive pass interference? And I said, I do not think it was offensive pass interference, but I also don't think they're going to overturn it. I think that, they've pretty much just been told mm-hmm. to basically not overturn it unless I actually, you know what? I don't know unless what. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, you know what? And it's because of the Steelers. It really is. They're not overturning any of these unless it's ridiculous. And even if it is ridiculous, they still might not do it. All because of what they did in the Seattle game, where they took a they took a call that wasn't they didn't make, shouldn't have made, and for and on slow motion overturned it, which was a terrible call, uh, and that basically has ruined the Costs whole the reviewing. Game. Cost the Steelers the game and has ruined the whole notion of of reviewing that. And I wrote an article about that. I'm like, the problem with that play when they overturned it with that pass interference, which I think if they would have called it, I would have been okay with them calling it regular. But there's no way they should have overturned that. But the problem is they're reviewing one penalty when really two other penalties, one on each team, happened before that before the ball was was even touched by the receiver. And that was T.J. Watt was was held was the only reason Russell Wilson was three to free to throw that ball because he had him and they just drug him to the ground to keep him from sacking him. And then after he rolled out and threw it, Bud Dupree hit him helmet to helmet, and that should have been flagged as well. But because of both of those penalties, they can't do anything about those egregious penalties that would have offset it. They can only look at the one. But I'm, I should stop talking about that. So they had that one. Um, then the very next play should have been pass interference on Juju, and they didn't call that. At least it looked that way from the stadium. You might have more perspective from at home because we really let him have it. That one was that one was true. That one was more true, just a little bit of the hand-to-hand combat. That was, you know what I mean? That was just yeah. 
that was more just hands on hands and not grabbing yeah. arms and pulling things around. Um, that that one I don't think was uh, not as bad as the the one before. I thought right. I actually thought that was a good no call. Okay. Um, I don't really think because both players kind of went at it there. Neither one really gained that big of an advantage. They let it play out and let it go. I thought it was a was a better call. Yep. Now I am getting this right that yeah, because that was the call because it was the offensive pass interference is what set them back to second and twenty and then third and twenty, mm-hmm. and then it was the third and twenty call where you had a quarterback who's whose feet had been antsy, who had held on the ball too long, that they're like, we're just going to send everyone and we're going to put all this pressure on him and he's just going to have to, you know, and he's not going to be able to handle it. Well, guess what? You had nobody, nobody on him. And it was just, it it, it was beautiful from the state. I did not notice the James Washington blocks. Oh my until, gosh, they were fantastic. Until I, the, during the break, I checked my Twitter real quick and everyone's like, that block was amazing. And there was a video replay and I watched it and it was like, Man, James oh man. Washington two blocked two guys effectively on that play. Yeah, he blocked one guy on the outside, clear and out, cut, and then cut mm-hmm. back in and took that guy out. It was, oh, and just planted the other guy. That was nice. Um, but I, I still mean, don't know are, why. I, I still don't know why on third and twenty at that point in time in the with in the half you go to zero coverage by by the Dolphins. I, I don't get it. You got to leave one guy in the middle. You got to leave one guy short in the middle. And, and not just that, but the the guy that was. Covering Deontay Johnson, as the ball snapped, he backed out of it like it was a, like he was playing zone, yeah. and the other two guys were playing man. So they not only yeah. were they in zero coverage, one of the guys blew it, and we made him pay. Yeah, they just they didn't really know what they were doing. So, and I mean, and that was a that was a, a a key moment in the game. That was a big turning point right there. So lots of good stuff, lots of great numbers. We could talk for forever. I'm actually going to look at the at the live chat right now say do you all have any numbers we'll bring up a few we'll talk about them really rapid and then we'll move on to talking about this week since we've just been i hope you guys are all right it's just 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 a couple of brothers sitting around talking about what they saw in the game afterwards so um i i know sometimes there's a little bit of lag so i gotta wait for people to anything that you would notice in the live chat before we're just going to talk numbers we'll, we'll see if we have time for questions later i, I had saw some of the questions i wasn't seeing a whole lot numbers wise yeah uh, let me so what everyone's favorite, anyone's favorite number. Um, let me see. Um, there was a, I mean, it was ridiculous. A couple times people were chanting for duck in the stadium and I'm like, you want to bring somebody else in and, and just, and then have them, them be rusty as well. Um, they needed to work through that and they made the right call. Coach Tomlin was asked at his practice conference today. Um, when Mason was struggling the first half, why didn't you get duck warmed up? You know what his answer was? What, what was that? Next. <laughs> That's all we said. Next. Okay. Um, here we go. We got Jamie saying Minka's two picks. Yeah, we talked about that. That was I honestly thought they would avoid Fitzpatrick to not let him make plays against them because they traded him away. That's what I honestly thought they were gonna do. Um, um yeah. Um, there's another one that said Kind of the same thing, but I'm not going to bring it up. Here's another one. The two picks from, from Minka. Um, so, um, <clears throat> so I don't know. There was another number that I had that I wanted to bring up, and I don't remember what it was. But, uh, but okay, well, here we go. Um, 
This was actually a good point. They said Connor could have had 200 yards rushing if it wasn't for penalties. He did have a couple decent runs that were brought back. I felt like they were really picking on Marquis Pouncey. Some of those holding calls were holding calls, but they're the kind of holding calls that you could call on any play. It almost seems like on cue. And it's funny because we had just had a conversation because there was a lady that was asking me questions sitting behind. She didn't know I was with behind the steel curtain or anything. She was just talking. And um, and she said, she's like, she, she's like, do, do you think this is rigged? Do you think the NFL is rigged? I'm like, the players on the field? No. I'm like, the officials and particularly the people in New York? I can't say that because yeah. I'll tell you, New York, yeah. when it goes to a review, when it goes to New York, you can you can say that probably nine times out of ten, if it's a close call, it's going to go in favor of the team that is probably trailing in order to make it more of a competitive balance because they want closer and better and more interesting games. So it's just kind of kind of what they did there. But you also got to – I know they said Pouncey had a rough game. He was kind of getting manhandled by their nose. But you've got to commend him because he actually played injured. He played injured because – Ramon Foster had already gone out. So BJ Finney was already in for Foster. And so we had that. If Pouncey would have gone out, then Finney's got to slide down into that down into center. <laughs> yeah, I, I see the comment. Um, um, <laughs> the, um but uh that then Finney's got to slide to center, Filer's got to got to slide to guard, and then Banner has to go in a tackle. Yeah, and you've got no reserve lineman. So so Pouncey, he took one for the team and powered through. So so that was pretty good. Um, so there there were some penalties there, but it seemed like sometimes you could almost. I turned to the lady. I said, "Just wait. They're running it pretty good. They're going to call a holding penalty here in the next couple of plays." It was literally the next play that they called a they called a holding penalty. That, the one on Pouncey, I, I agreed with you in terms of if you say you could almost call that at any point in time. The problem was kind of where it happened and 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 how and one of those where the refs looking right at it and made the call. Uh, yeah. You know, it, he was kind of it was a little ticky tack, but yeah. was it a hold? Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw you can't one, I say like, it was wasn't. It, a hold? it was. Was it right there in front? Yeah, where the ref could see, you know, wasn't tucked in a bunch of other people. Yeah, okay, I understood. I wasn't happy, but I understood why he threw the flag. Yeah, well, it's one of those things that were there probably other holes that were worse than that all throughout the game? Absolutely. So I just don't – I don't want to talk about officials because th these officials need to not be talked about. That's the only way the NFL is going to give us a better product is for us to not be talking about officials. So – um that, but we, we had some pretty good stuff. Someone did bring it up. It's way back, so I'm not going to say it. That Watt had two sacks. Yeah, so he had the he had the strip sack, fumble recovery, and he had another one. So um, it was very interesting when they only went to one defensive lineman at times. Because I noticed, because I said this before the season started, I said, wouldn't it be interesting if the Steelers found a way to get Williams, Barron, and Bush all on the field at the same time? I said they might even experiment in the preseason with that. They're like, oh, why? What? Both Brian and Jeff were like, what would they do that for? What was it? There was last night. They were putting Vince Williams in there to, to rush the passer and only playing one defensive lineman. So that's that's kind of something you've seen that team up north do before in years uh, past. Vince Williams, a pretty big dude. You know what I mean? He, he kind of what I want to say. Kind of reminds you a little bit of Levon Kirkland a little bit. Yeah, you could have done a set. You could do the same thing with him. 
Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, I, they're, they're getting creative with stuff like that. I'm ready for them to get a little bit more creative with some of the stuff on offense. Like I said, that one, that one personnel group just kind of drove me nuts because you knew it was happening every time. I also was getting frustrated because, you know, with me having the end zone view so many times in the first half, they were just, they were running so far, you know, horse, you know, horizontally, they weren't getting vertical at all. And then the second half, you would see them run those horizontal plays. You'd see the, cre- the the crevice open up and Connor just duck into it and get up in there and get seven or eight yards. That was a thing of beauty. It might have just taken some time to set that up, but it was so much of run wide, run wide, run wide, get one. I can't even say that right. I'm, I'm tired of it. Um, get one yard if they can. And that was that was frustrating early on. But then when they start moving the ball, you know, where everyone was, you you know, Rudolph's throwing the ball behind guys. His timing was just off in that first half, but he turned around. So here's another number. He was, I'm pretty sure 12 for 16 in the second half. You know, he started one for seven and he ended up in the second half alone. He was 12 for 16. So yep. here we are. We're 35 plus minutes into the show. I think we need to start talking about this week coming up, at least for a little bit. I didn't, I like dwelling on this one. Because it happened last night. I mean, it wasn't even – I mean, this, the game was going on 24 hours ago. So, Can, can I give one more number from yesterday's game? Sure. Because do. to me, it was a finally, finally th- a great victory within the game. And the number was one mm-hmm. for number of challenges won by the Steelers last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one. And I'm surprised. People might have – I think they put it early in the in the live chat. I know earlier on the, on the hangover they talked about that a good bit. You had the, you had the challenge. Now, it, it was interesting because – well, first of all, I didn't finish telling the story with the, with the whole Deontay Johnson offensive pass interference. I was like, when they show you in stadium – the view that the official is watching on on the pad. You actually see what they're doing, what they're backing up, what they're looking at. And sometimes you can tell what they're going to call based on that. They were really zooming in at his feet. It looked like they were going to overturn this and they were going to see if it was a touchdown or if he was short. They were checking the clock. They were doing all kinds of stuff. They were so focused in there after the contact for like the second half of the thing. Because I was about ready to say they're not going to overturn this. And I'm like, wait a second. Based on what video they're showing on the board, they're looking about what it's going to be. I'm wondering if the official was looking at what it would be if they overturned it, and then New York said, nope, we're not overturning it. Um, it, it but th- So that was just kind of weird. But people were, were wanting, oh, throw the challenge, throw the challenge. I was trying to remind them, it's inside two minutes. Can't challenge. They got to come from above. I thought Tomlin was crazy for challenging that play. I, I did it first as well. I well in stadium and remember I'm it, it's coming at me, and I and I look at it and I'm like, I'm like this is crazy. I'm like really are you going to blow a timeout? And I sent that to Lance and Jeff, and then all of a sudden I had to type in something. I'm like, hold the phone. Uh, they just showed a different shot of his knee being down way before what I thought it was during the play, yep. and that was the key. So and. and it's funny because everyone wants to then give credit to, to um, Terrell Austin, who's up in the booth. It's supposed to be helpful with this kind of stuff. Today in his press conference, Coach Tomlin said, I was standing at the sticks and thought he was down. So I wanted to challenge it. Then he got the benefit 
of what was supposed to be the end of the fourth quarter. Um, and I don't know if they checked from, or if he said, hey, I want to know if this, it looked short to me. Tell me what you guys think. You don't know how that worked out. But all in all, they did it. Then we didn't know what was going on. They didn't announce. I mean, they announced that he was short and everyone was cheering. They were like, what is taking so long? Is it the end of the quarter? We didn't realize that they were measuring and what was going on and what they were, that the Dolphins were asking. We were clueless in the stadium. So that was a really long break to then turn around and have 18 seconds left in the, in a quarter. And it, it just kind of felt kind of weird with that one, but winning that challenge was big. That, that was that not as much as that really helped them win the game. I mean, it did, but more of getting, the so monkey off your, getting your monkey off the back of losing like 11 in a row or something. So, um, I got one more number for you. How about, how about seven to one? That's the final score of the Penguins over the Flyers tonight. Oh, nice! <laughs> they were. I saw they were up six to nothing after two. So yeah, they ended up winning seven to one. You're saying so, seven um, to one? I was thinking Big Ben. Um, yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, go Pens. That was a that was a nice win, especially anytime it's over the Flyers. That's nice. Here we go. We've got the Colts coming up. It's a quick turnaround. Six days um, in between games, which is funny. Because you and I were actually supposed to go to this game, if you remember. Which one? The Colts this game? This was coming up. We were supposed to go to the Colts game. And I was supposed to go to the Colts game. And the Bills game was going to be the two games that that I was going to get for sure um, with with um, our brother-in-law that I had my season tickets with. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, my dad, who hadn't oh, gone to the game right. for a couple of years, asked to go. And that's said right. he's never been to a Monday night game and he'd like to go. So I'm like... Let's go to the Dolphins game. So we asked the, the our brother-in-law if he would switch. So I wasn't going to two two games in six days. So I'll go to two games in 13 days. So we now go to the Rams and and our brother-in-law Jamie is going to to the Colts. So this is an interesting game because this has been an up and down. What's this going to be during the offseason? Because first you're like, oh, this could be tough. Then all of a sudden. Andrew Luck says he's not, he's going to retire. He doesn't want to have to rehab again. So then it looks completely different. We're like, that just completely changes that game. Now, all of a sudden the Colts are leading the South. So the title of the show was both of these teams. You don't really know what to think about them. I mean, let's look at the Steelers. What, why is it so hard to get a gauge on the Steelers? Other than big Ben being out. Why is it so hard to get a gauge on how good or bad this Steelers team is? Because of who we've beat and their, what their records are? Because of who we beat and what their records are. Oh, and, so also, and who we've lost to, I guess. And who we lost to and what their records are. Yeah, I mean, two, uh, two, yeah, we've lost to two teams that are still undefeated. Yeah. So. Yeah, all in all, I think, let's see what, I mean, it's a crazy good record of the teams that we've lost to and of the teams that we've beat, they've won a combined three games, but that's because the Steelers haven't really played anybody in between the most in between team they've played was the Ravens. And that was just a weird game with your backup quarterback getting knocked out. And the guy that was on the street in week one, now coming in and playing in the game and all these various different things. And you still should have won it. Yep. So, you don't know what to you don't know what to, to really expect from these Steelers right now. It's really hard to gauge where they really fall compared 
to the rest of the NFL. I know I wouldn't put them in the top tier teams because they lost to those top tier teams. But do you put them in the bottom tier based on their record? Do you put them somewhere in the middle? Do you put them upper middle, lower middle? It's really hard to tell. Well, I think this week could really be telling because I don't know what to think of the Colts. I really don't. I mean, if we look at it, their record is five and two. They are five and two. They have wins over the Titans, the Falcons, the Chiefs, the Texans, and the Broncos. So they have two pretty nice wins in there, especially the Chiefs. That was with Patrick Mahomes playing. And they had a nice win over the Texans with when J.J. Watt was still playing. But then you look at their losses. They lost to the Chargers in overtime at home, which is funny because during that week one game, people thought that was like, oh, man, the Chargers should have beat this team by so much more. When really, now it's the Chargers that are struggling and the Colts that are doing pretty well. And you look at it, should they, wow, should the Colts have lost to the Chargers? But their other loss was at home to the Raiders. Yeah, All these games, every game they've played is within seven points, even the ones they've won and the ones they've lost. I mean, they had a two-point win over Tennessee. They had the six-point loss in overtime to the Chargers. They had a three-point win over Atlanta. They had the seven-point loss to the Raiders. They had a six-point win to the Chiefs. They had a seven-point win against the Texans. And then they had that two-point win against the Broncos, in which Joe Flacco comes out and says, why aren't we going for the win? And because he was such a pain in the neck to the coach, the coach now says that he's out with an injured neck. So (laughs) (laughs) I just thought that was that. Yeah, that was hilarious. I mean – but Flacco was right. I think he was just tired of it. And he said, you know, when are we going to try to win the game? We're two and six. But uh, I don't know what to think of these Colts. And I don't know what to think of these Steelers. So this could be a game that kind of tells us something. Or it still might not tell us anything. So um, let's just go just, out and try to win. Yeah. Let's, so let's go out and try to win. When I looked at the line yesterday, it was even. When I looked at the line after the Steelers game last night and went to write the article, which will be coming out tomorrow about the betting preview on Behind the Steel Curtain, um, the line was that the that the Colts were favored by a point. But they hadn't taken into consideration the Steelers game yet. So then I had to go back and fix it again today because guess what? Now the Steelers are favored by a point. So, so everybody else is asking the same yeah. questions we are. They're asking the same questions we are. So you know what? I don't know what to expect from the Colts. So let's focus on the Steelers. Let's look at some numbers of what the Steelers need to do in order to win this game. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, go ahead. I got, I got two. Okay. The first thing is we've uh, that <laughs> this was two things I was challenged by Lance Williams one, well, one of them for sure was last night on the post-game show. Is I got to get Dave working on this. So I did. I sent him the answers today, and he didn't like the answer because he wanted me to, to support the narrative of the Steelers have are, give up too many third and long first downs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. And they did last night. They gave up. Uh, the, the the Dolphins only had three first downs, and two of them were more longer than third and ten. It was uh what what was it? Let me see here. It was a third and fourteen. They gave up fifteen yards in the first quarter, and a third and thirteen. They gave up fifteen yards in the first quarter, and we're like. And even my dad sitting next to me, you know how he is watching. Oh, yeah. oh here we go. Oh, it's third and Can't stop it, anybody on third yeah. down. Oh, I wish it would have been third and five. It might stop him. It's third and long. They're going to give it up. So that's that's what he said. And especially looking at last night, that's how you feel. But I looked it up for the season. And it's really not as bad as what you think. Really? The Steelers have given up seven first downs on plays that was third and 10 or longer. Now you're saying, well, where does that rank? Well, the Texans has given up 10. They've given up 10. A couple other teams have given up nine and some have given up eight. So they're tied in there. So then I got to looking at, well, what, what percentage of third and longs are they giving up for first downs? So I'm saying third and long is 10 yards or more. And their percentage is, I want to make sure I read it correct. Uh, where did it go? It is 19.4% of the time. That ranks them 16th in the NFL. So what does that mean if you're 16th in the NFL? Smack dab in the middle. You are right in the middle. You are right in the middle. So do they do it? Yes. Do they do it more than some people? Yep. Do a lot of other teams do it more than them? Yep. And then Lance is like, oh, well, you got to be, you got to be elite to do that. I'm like, some of the better defenses are lower than them on the list. Defenses like, uh, Green Bay is lower than them. Um, who's New Orleans, who's been known for their defense so far this year, they're lower than them on giving up third and longs. So everyone's done it. Everyone's done it in the NFL this year, except there's one team out there that hasn't. There's one team that has not given up a first down on third and 10 or longer. And you're not going to believe who it is. Oh, it's somebody probably really bad because they can't force a team back far enough on third down. <laughs> no, I mean, they actually have tw- – I think I saw it was right around 25 opportunities, and they haven't given up at all. It's a team that everyone thought they were the, all the best at the very beginning of the season when they beat a couple crappy teams, and then they turn around and get spanked by other teams. And that would be the the team that everybody wants to talk about, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Oh. They have not given up a third and long for first down yet on the season. But I think that's that's just one of those things that hasn't happened yet because it hasn't happened yet. So they they got to get, even though they're middle of the road, they got to get better. Now, if you take last night's game out of it where they had the, the Dolphins had three third and longs, they converted two, and the other one they threw the interception to the three-yard line. If you take that away, they were actually – at oh I sent it to, to Lance. I think it was 14 point something. So they would have been up there around right around the top 10 until the game last night. So it's something you've got to work on. It's something you've got to make sure you defend. And it's something that could frustrate you as a fan. But what you don't realize is that it's had it happens to everybody. Because guess what? Those uh, those other teams, they're they're supposed to try to get first downs. That's their job. So there's that, but the Steelers offense, I wrote it down um, somewhere and now I can't find it. Um, Their offense is actually pretty good at it because they, I'm going to have to bring it up here. Um, Now all of a sudden I can't find it. Um, The Steelers offense is 
tied for where is it? One, two, three. They're tied for fifth in actual in conversions of third and ten or longer with twenty eight percent. The only the team that actually has the most is who they play this week, which is Indy. They have um, a third of the time when it's third and ten or longer, they've actually converted first downs. So it's 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 kind of kind of interesting. Now they haven't had as many. Well, no, they had about as many opportunities as the Steelers. So they've they've turned. Um, they've managed to get eight rather than seven. So they're pretty close there. But um, that's just one of those things that, that's interesting. That it's one of those narratives that you think, oh man, the Steelers are really bad at this. But really, they're they're right about average with everybody else. So. I'm sorry. I just went on a big rant about it because of everything. I don't know if you wanted to throw in anything with that or go on to the, go on to the next number. Um, uh, that's all right. Let's keep going. Let's keep rolling. <laughs> all right. So, so what do you got? What do you want to see? I know we talked about it beforehand and now I'm drawing a blank on what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You, you said, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's good. I, I just, I, I sit there and listen to you go off on your rant and, um, <laughs> well, I have a I was gonna what's say, your, been, what's your what's your other number? Maybe I'll give you my other one, and then maybe we can think about it. Um, my other one, this is one that Lance brought up, is uh, how much are we using our tight ends in the passing game? That it's not enough. That you need to get the yeah, tight ends a little enough. bit more involved. So I actually looked it up at how often they've been targeted. The the tight ends. Now this actually also includes Xavier Grimble, um, which was just one catch on three targets. Um, they've been targeted 30 times in 2019. That's 30 targets out of 223. That's only 13.5% of all targets have gone to tight ends. The running backs are, are almost double at 22.4%. And the wide receivers, I mean, you would expect wide receivers to get a lot of targets. It's 64%. But when you look at how... I have a percentage of the tight ends are catching the ball. I mean, obviously the running backs are catching it more often because most of the time they're catching the ball behind the line of scrimmage. But your tight ends, sometimes you'll catch it right around the line of scrimmage and try to get forward. But a lot of times they're at least, you know, three to five yards downfield. Yep. They're just not getting targeted. I mean, Vance McDonald has been targeted 21 times for 17 catches. Uh, Vanette has only been targeted six times since he's joined the team with four catches. And then Grimble targeted three times one catch and Gentry in the couple games he was active was not targeted. So I would like to see them get the tight ends involved in the passing game a little bit more. I would really like to see them use some two tight end sets, you know, have it be bring in McDonald. Let's not bring in banner. I'm going to go back to kind of go with what I'm doing. Let's not bring in banner. Let's bring in McDonald and Vanette. Let's have it be Juju or Deontay Johnson, not Johnny Holton. Let's bring in Nixon Connor and let's go five wide. Because oh, and, oh, and actually yeah. split them all out. Split them all out. Empty backfield. Oh, actually wouldn't be empty backfield. I mean, you could you could keep them in close. I mean, you could have them in yeah. pack, but let's go. In other words, empty backfield shotgun. And let's bring in the jumbo package, get them with all their big big people out there, and let's do it. Some of the best plays I saw designed on the Steelers last year that I broke down. There was a one play that was beautiful um, to Xavier Grimble, where he was the only receiver on one side. It was against the Bengals, and everyone had to had to shift over. It was um, 
Mr. Third and Fifth went in motion and everyone moved. There was no one on the other side of the field except an inside linebacker who was inside the defensive end. And there was no way they could get the Grimble out on the side. And it was just an easy, like, 25-yard completion. All because they caught them in a jumbo defense. And they had three tight ends, a wide receiver, and no, it was two tight ends, a running back, a fullback, and a receiver. And right, and I was wondering, and, and that's what I'd do if I were us. I, I'd go two times, two tight ends, a fullback, a running back, a receiver, and if you don't even want to split them all out, mm-hmm. leave Rosie Nix in the backfield for yeah. for blitz pickup, and, and and flare them out into the flat. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, because now, Grant, I think one was for a loss, but he but those times they threw him the ball last night, he caught it. He's a he's a decent receiver as a fullback. Yeah. So it was nice to see him back, even though I don't, I don't like this. I, I, the most frustrating thing as a former football coach is looking at a team and watching them just tip their hand. I don't want to see him tip their hand. I want you to show me one thing and do something else. And I felt that a lot of times the Steelers were just telling them what they were going to do last night. And I don't, with a, with a young quarterback, I don't think that's going to help. So, so you have anything else you want to see this week? Um, we, we need to continue to run the ball. Uh, that's the first thing. Um, yeah. I, I'd like to see us get back up in that 20 to 25 carries at over five yards a pop and we'd be in good shape. Um, I don't expect it, that to be that easy against the Colts. They've been decent on their run defense. Um, but who knows it, it, that honestly, I think in the end is going to come down to how well our receivers do. Can we stretch the field a little bit? Um, maybe even into the year, can we get some, some personnel matchups? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you still got to get stuff. I mean, you're still figuring out your wide receiver group and that's the thing. If you're still trying to figure out what's going on with your wide receivers, then you, you know what you have in your tight end, you know, Vance McDonald, what he, what he is, you know, you traded for Vanette. So you know what he can do. So uh, let's just um, let's just get get them going a little bit more. Yeah, I, I will say this: I, I think Deontay Johnson is really starting to establish himself. Um, um, maybe I won't mention the uh, the the person, but when yeah, that play with the pass interference where you know he made a one handed grab there on the sideline, they caught, but they caught him for the interference. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a certain former Steeler recently mm-hmm. that that really reminded me of that that um, the whole reason that he was drafted was because of the draft pick they got for for said person yes yeah so you know it, it's yeah. yeah he i think is really starting to establish himself and i think that really showed in this past game um because i think deontay johnson becoming more of a factor really opened things up better for juju yeah so I think if if we can get him established again, that's going to open things up in the passing game for Juju. We start to open things up in the passing game. We start seeing the running lanes. Yes, it, it, it all. And when, here's what's crazy: how to so you need Deontay Johnson to start making plays to open it up for Juju, which then opens up the running lanes. And how did Deontay Johnson really start to get, make plays early in the season? Because everyone was focusing on Juju. That's how he was like the one long touchdown. Um, yeah. Was that the Bengals? I mean, when they ran the cross and no one went with him, they were all focused on Juju. So that's kind of how it is. Hey, we don't have a lot of time left, but I am going to try to answer a, a few questions here. I saw a couple things I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Um, Kevin asked, is Connor hurt? 
he had his radio show tonight. I saw a report from that, that it is an AC, a sprained AC joint that's up here in your shoulder. He said it's something that's probably going to bother him, but he can play through it. He's hoping he's probably not going to practice much this week. Coach Tomlin said he's been around enough. He doesn't have to practice in order to play. Um, so as long as he just gets in there at all. But the other good news was they said Jalen Samuels could have played Sunday, but they wanted to give him the extra week after surgery. He is back and ready to go and look for him to step up like he did last year against the Patriots. So the Steelers will be okay when it comes to um, running backs, it looks like. So hopefully. We want to see Connor back, but it also seems like do they maybe give him a week? They could. It's hard to say. Um, here, I got to bring this up. They said about go live from Heinz Field more. And yes, there was a woman who predicted the score properly. I want to go live from Heinz Field more. This was a test. This was a test. Um, I know last week when it was just me, Double HH had a comment that I didn't see till after the show was over about doing like maybe a tailgating thing or something from the games. We're looking to do that. It looks yeah, like my, myself and Brian Anthony Davis are going to try to set something up. For that Buffalo game, which you will also be I will at. be there. I will so be there. So that's another thing to get involved with that. We think we might even get Tony Defio over there for that one. So we're telling you all, keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll probably go live. You, I think you and I will we'll go live, we'll probably um, go live for a little bit for, for the, the Rams the, game. For the Rams game. When I'm we're sure. there. Yeah, so so that's one of those things. Okay, here's Russ, who was at the game last night. Like I said, I tried to see how things were with him. Do you think Watt will be defensive player of the year? I think he's got a legitimate shot. Um, but, you, but as you can see, things can change in the blink of an eye. Look at his brother. I will say, which so, what was he talking yes. about? Cause if yeah. he makes JJ, that's not yeah. happening now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone was saying about, about what I was bringing up. This is Ariel saying, or Ariel, I don't know if it's, I'll butcher her name. Oh, well, um, about just one person out there against Holton as the one right receiver and why not pass? And I think you're right. I think that's something that could be coming. Um, got the shout out for you. Thanks for doing it again. Yay. Yay. Um, people wanted to know <laughs> every week. Here we go. Steeler fan 74. Um, said I should have just brought up the whole thing about the survivor league. Okay. The article didn't go out today because I didn't get back to my parents until 3 a.m. and had so much other stuff to do because of the game being on Monday. It's going to be out tomorrow. Everyone who made a pick got it right. I mean, this week, everyone who made the three people didn't make a pick. Other than that, everyone, and they were almost all the same games. Steelers, Rams, Vikings were the three main ones. There was three other games that just one person each picked. One was Detroit. One was, you know what, I can't even remember them. But it'll be in the article tomorrow. Something I forgot to say. I was supposed to even say this at the beginning of the show. I forgot. We do have the Super Chat feature. If anyone wants to throw anything out here at the end, we're only going to be on for uh, maybe five more minutes. But if you throw in something in the Super Chat, we will answer it. We will do that. So all you do is you type in your comment down there. You hit the dollar sign. You donate anything you want to the show. It goes into the tip jar. More important than Super Chat, what we would like more than you throwing out your hard-earned money to us is to actually go in. Jeff Hartman's been telling me this has really been paying off and hit the thumbs up button. Go off the go off the show, click the thumbs up button because that really helps us to get our content up there um, higher on the on the on the push out list or however it works through YouTube. So all the behind the steel curtain stuff, the 
like them all. Go into all the other episodes. Go into the past episodes that you haven't liked before and click on liking them. Um, and that's that's going to be good. Liking them. What am I saying? It's, <laughs> correct you're, my you're, English. You're suffering from lack of sleep, bud. So oh, I'll my goodness. I'm... I I'm dragging. I am. I really am. I, uh, it's bad when you have, cause you got to drive a couple hours after the game that you load yourself up with coffee so you can stay awake driving. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can't go to sleep. And then as soon as you do go to sleep, it's a, it's, it's an instant crash. Okay. Um, someone, they said smells George. I know they mean Benny Snell. Don't know much about him. He was being evaluated during the press conference. Didn't get much there. Yeah. He, and he corrected himself. Um, Russ said the live was awesome. I, I waited as long as I could to do the live because I was trying to find Russ. That's one of the things I was trying to do. So, Russ, I was hoping I could find you. Um, but that, that was pretty good. Um, this is a good question from Grayson. Who will be a tougher team, Rams or Colts? I'm probably still leaning Rams. Mm -hmm. But they have been another team that's been a who are they this year? Yeah. There's so, too many of those teams this year. Um, I'm still going to go with the Rams because the Rams get an extra week to try to show us who they are. How about that? Uh, yeah, I would. I, I know when the Steelers. I think the. I think the, the thing is. I don't know if this is under Mike Tomlin. And all the times the Steelers have had three straight home games, their worst record in any of them were two and one. It would be really nice to go two and one in this stretch. If the Steelers can win, even just split their next two games, I'll be in pretty good shape. But man, if they can pull them both off, then they're really there. Double H wanted to comment on the whole notion of that. Uh, it says get a restaurant to sponsor the food in exchange for publicity. Um, that would be fantastic. Right now, we're trying to find if anybody else tailgates that we could just kind of crash their tailgate and let everyone know where to go. Because I don't use, I don't park at the stadium. I I take the Gateway Clipper. Because my goodness, by the time I get off the boat and get to my car, I'm driving out of there with no traffic. So yeah. for where I'm going, that works good for me. So getting in there in the parking lot, I wouldn't even know what to do. So we're looking for someone else that would like to like to say, "Hey, let's do it here," and and we'll make that happen. Um, Russ was answering about Snell probably out with the knee. We're not sure if he's limited early in the week. He's probably going to be out. Yeah, because he's he's a young guy. Um, Alex wants to know: Do you believe our defense is our identity? What do you think, bro? Right now, this year, and with some of the injuries we've had, we've had on offense, you know, with Ben being out, I'd say yes. Right now, our defense is our identity. Um, we are back to being a defensive football team. I I agree there. Um, I think our I, offense has more weapons than we've had at times in the past. Um, thinking back to some of those teams I watched as a kid, um, but overall, right now, I yeah. T.J. Watt, man. Mega Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Alvin said it. Imagine this defense with our 15 to 17 Oh, offense. my gosh. Yeah. But, uh, it's just you can't – it's so hard to do that in the NFL. Correct, because salary yeah. cap limits it. Yeah. I mean, and especially teams that can do that whenever you – I've said it before. Getting your quarterback on a rookie deal where you can spend money in other places it was, is what really – can make a team strong if you've got that fantastic franchise quarterback still on their rookie deal, right. which is really hard to find. And But look, that's what the Steelers had early with Ben, and they had the strong defense. Then things kind of had to shift the other way around because of all that. Now they're getting back to, to trying to build that young defense that are still in there. But, I mean, look, you're going to have to pay – 
So you're going to have to pay TJ Watt. You're going to have to pay Minka Fitzpatrick when the time's coming. You're still going to have to pay Juju when that when when that one's coming up. Um, are, are you going to be able to pay Hargrave this offseason and things like that? So um, I think the defense is now the identity of this team more than anything. But, uh, man, just imagine if you could have both. But I was saying to my dad on the trip up there last night, look at what that team up north did. They've got the aging 40-year-old-plus quarterback. What do they do? Do they go out and make sure they get him all kinds of great weapons that they could go out there and and, and take it to teams? Nope. No, because eventually defense. he's going to fall off. What nope. did they do? They built a phenomenal defense that now all TB12 has to do is manage the game and not lose it. I mean, what a better situation for quarterback than that when you're that old that's crazy so well well don't really um here kevin said he he would pay bud dupree i'm a little i'm a little leery about bud dupree i i i needed the, to see it more I'd, than one I'd year pay the 2019 bud dupree but i'm worried that once i paid that pay well i about slipped Doug, up there yeah, i'd be Doug back dupree. to Doug, Doug, Doug dupree. um like we've seen in the past um so to me he's still a little bit scary uh, I'm worried if he hits free agency, somebody's going to actually offer him big, big, big time money. Yeah. And to me, that's too much of a worry of, is he going to earn that money? Yeah, that is, that's a very good point. I mean, um, I'm, I was listening back to the post game show from last night because I didn't get to catch it all based on where I was uh, leaving the game. And um, that, that was something that I think Lance Williams said is that, you want to, in order to pay him that much, you'd like to see it for more than one season. Yeah. So, but someone probably will. Um, but Hey, bro, here we go. <laughs> you and I just got to go and talking about the game. Going yeah. really long uh, again tonight. Time to wrap it up. We went long yep. again. Yeah. We went long again, but that's kind of what happens when we get together. It's just nice to get together and talk. And we like that. We're here talking with you all when I'm not, when I'm, when you're talking, I'm trying to, to, to peek in on the live chat when I'm talking, you probably get to read everything because I talk so much. Um, Pretty much. But hey, but I'm used to having to talk and fill the whole thing all by myself. So it's nice to have you. Um, but thanks for tuning in. Once again, the best thing that you can do to help us out here behind the steel curtain with our family of podcasts is to go in and hit the thumbs up button on YouTube. If you are listening to it on an audio platform, go in and give whatever rating system that they have, whether it's a star rating or I, I don't know how all of them work. I'm not even going to pretend. Make sure you do that um, to, to really help promote the content. Make sure you're checking into BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all the different stories coming out. We've been getting at least 10, even through the bye week, we did pretty good with that, with trying to get you all, all the best content that we can out there. I would be so... It would be so terrible if I did not at least mention, and I really wish I could remember his username. He doesn't usually make the make the live chats. I know he's going to send me a message and remind me the username of I was after the game standing there with my helmet on, and I was approached by someone who was a fan of the podcasts and, and talked to him for a while, took some pictures. It was great to meet him. Um, and then you forgot. And then I know he told me a screen name and with everything else going on, it, it was late. And I, I honestly, I'll probably remember it tomorrow. I'm just so tired right now. Um, so that, that was fun. You and I will be at the Rams game. So if you guys are going to be out there at the Rams game, let us know. 
Yep. yep. Section 122. And I, if I knew what, better where I could find people to do the pregame show, we'll have to see about that. You have to and scroll back through here. Russ was, Russ was talking about some tailgate stuff. You'll have to go back and look at the live. Excellent. Live yeah. Chat, so. And Russ, Russ has, has my email and stuff. He can, he can let me know stuff through there. Um, I think nap 1970 or 1963. He did say great show, but I saw a comment for him earlier today on Brian's show when I watched it for just a few minutes that he might even have a hookup with that, with when it comes to a tailgating thing. So if you're ever thinking about trying to get to a Steelers game and you want to start start looking to maybe get some tickets, look at that December 15th game. It's the last home game of the season with the Bills. We're going to be there doing some stuff. Um, Kevin says he's going to be at the Rams game. Make sure you come see us, Kevin. Uh, that would be great. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week. I can say anytime Big Bro Sco wants to sit in on this, he is more than welcome to do it. It's a lot of fun. But let's just get this cut off now. Thanks for, for, for tuning in. Tell a friend and subscribe. See you all next week.